Hot damn! You're listening to Frolic Inc. Chronicles, a Frolic Inc. broadcast. Hello, and welcome to Frolicking Frolicking Chronicles, Chronicles. where today we're focused in on witchcraft and how it has been through several different eras and now gaining popularity once again. From the Victorian era, the Fox sisters, Mm -hmm. even in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. And then in your favorite, we have a special guest today, Mark Wood. Mark Wood is here with us today. Yes. And we're going to be talking just a little bit about Bewitched and some of his paranormal experiences with his beloved Casey Rogers. And... So good. Yeah, so really good. Do you guys know just quickly because of the Bewitched, that's how I got my name, Tamantha, which was very, it's kind of funny because you think we'd be Samantha and Tamantha, (laughs) but we're not. My mom didn't know she's had, our mom didn't know she's having twins. And so she could not decide between the names Samantha and Tabitha and Bewitched was incredibly popular in the 70s. So she decided to ship them together and that's how I got my name, Tamantha, you know, with a ta, not a sa. (laughs) Sounds so good. So I really want to introduce my very good friend, my historian bestie. That would be me. That would be Mark Wood. And let me just give you just a little bit about his background. So our Victorian era special guest, Mark Willoughby Wood, published Arthur of Bewitched and Beyond, along with the Bewitched Cookbook, several delightful craft books co-authored by his beloved Casey Rogers, who played Louise Tate on the show Bewitched. Now most known for his brilliant historic home decor throughout Southern California, including the Stagecoach, Heritage Square, Iowa Mosa, Chafee Garcia, and Iowa Houses. And he has even decorated the famed Lyndhurst Mansion in Terrytown, wow. New York, not far from the actual Sleepy Hollow. Oddly enough, only for Christmas and not Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take it. So welcome, all my the, historian all bestie. All the decorated hol- uh, holidays, that's what I'm going to say. Christmas and Halloween. So I was, um, felt, actually, I'll be quite honest. I felt like I was a bit of a bad friend because I didn't realize you had published so many books with, you. yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, with Casey, your yeah. beloved. I mean, Mark, you spent time in old Hollywood. Um, you guys are going to hear us kind of go back and forth between the Victorian era and how really witchcraft has seen such wouldn't you say like it's gaining popularity and people really starting to bring that spiritualism and a, Occultism, I, I would say. It's hard to say. I think I think magic in general is becoming popular again. We live in a world that has so little what we would consider real magic. I um, TV magic, movie magic, whatever you want to call it. Um, magic we all wish was real, but unfortunately it's usually special effects in a film. Um, although somewhere in some realm, somehow we got this idea. <laughs> you know, if we could just find that without clicking our shoes or following a magic bean or something into this realm would be very lovely. I know. And I was really taken back by a image that you had of Agnes, um, Samantha's mom, right? Moorhead? Endora. Yeah, Endora. She's so beautiful. And people claiming that she's actually the true God. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about, I mean, she she is my favorite from the show. Tell us a little bit about how that all kind of came to be. There, I'm not exactly sure. Most people aren't. There was some movement in the mid-60s when the show was on the air originally. And 
it lasted well into the 1990s, long after Agnes Moore had passed away in 1974. Um, somebody would spray paint, Agnes Moorhead is God. <laughs> Those words on a parking structure, well, actually a parking lot on the brick wall of a parking lot in Hollywood. Off of Hollywood and Vine. Basically right exact, there, yes. Right? Yes. And every time the city would come in and paint over it, or the, or the owners of the parking lot area would paint over it, it would magically, if you will, reappear within days, even misspelled. And the picture that I got with it in the early 90s, it said Morheeb instead of Morehead. <laughs> and you make, those. Those. you make those. the correction. That's so, right. Tamantha, before we carry on with Mr. Mark Wood, um, you have specifically researched a little bit of the Victorian era and this spiritualism. Um, will you re-remind us, like, just about the... Fox sisters and... Well, the Fox sisters were actually... So there was a lot of charlatans in that time, right? And and Mark and I were just talking about how Houdini was actually because his his mother had passed away, he would start visiting all these spiritualists because he really wanted to get in contact with his mother. And um, anyway, so that's how they kind of started debunking and articles being written or whatever about them being false. But the Fox sisters, however... They were a little bit special because they were known to actually speak to the dead. And they actually had a little evidence of that. Um, but it started when they were really young, like eight and 12 or something. And so they would be knocking on, you know, hear the knocking on the doors and finally realized that this was the dead people trying to get a hold so of So if they were frauds, Mark, which you said they at some point got debunked, well, that's me, interesting that it goes back to their eight or nine, a, 15 and 12. Is it? A lot of their, 15 and 12, mm -hmm. a lot of their stuff got debunked. And, and let's put ourselves in their position. Perhaps they have some gift. They have an ability. Um, people want more. You know, once mm -hmm. this slight ability comes to head and gets known, then, well, can you do this? Can you do that? And you fall into a trap as a human being. Don't and we all more? Exactly, more? exactly. Um, so if you couldn't actually produce the deceased loved one, other than a few moments of, I have a thought, does this work for you? Um, let's face it, it's not an exact science. It's anything but a science. Perhaps someday it will be a science. You know, there, there's a truth to everything. You know, nothing is supernatural once we prove it um, scientifically. Right. So I believe that they fell into the trap somewhat in later years of having to produce more and more and more in order to maintain their that status. Oh. Right. And their popularity. And their popularity and their grew. Popularity. So Who's going to pay it, to see them if they're not if, producing something? If they're not something. producing something this side right. of Barnum. Exactly. Um, so I think a lot of times, even for others that were disproven or proved to be charlatans, um, they had to put on a show or they were going to lose their audience and ultimately their livelihood. These are also women in an era when women are not allowed to do anything. practically anything. Exactly. Other than cook, clean, sew, mend. Have babies. And have babies. Produce, produce children. Exactly. You're to be exactly. Not to be your own career person. Exactly. So if you're doing well, then the, audi the, the audience that's coming to you, which is also men, um, you know, are going to be demanding more and more and more of you. And you're going to have to step up to the plate. And of course, most people probably weren't very good enough at it. Although early on in a darkened room and you produce ectoplasm made out of egg whites and exactly. cheesecloth, you know, suddenly. Ringing the bell with your toes. We got toes exactly. Which is hooked to a wire, which is going over a trolley, which is going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it could become very um, uh, impressive in a dark room once. 
What's yeah, but then suspicious kind of, afterwards. It, it just kind of reminded me of just Madame Leota in the Haunted yeah, Mansion well, and having that. But once, a, if you've ever been stuck on that ride and you have to get the lights come up, it oh, sure. loses all its charm. I've never been there with Madame Leota. Well, okay, yes, it loses its magic. The magic, but, there you but go. But what really happens is when you see how simple it is, I can relate, it's not a supernatural one, but I was on the, <laughs> I was on the Peter Pan ride once and it broke down. And the fact that the, the, the clouds going over London, we were right there, are black plastic trash bags. Oh, my gosh. On wires. <laughs> I didn't and know I thought, I mean, yeah. wow. I was so impressed. You would never have known that. I was so impressed. That, right? Now, with the overhaul lately, that could have changed. I have not been on it and broken down since the overhaul. Yeah. But when I was on it, um, and it was a funny story, I'll be real brief. Um, I had a friend of mine. Okay, we're big guys. We're six foot one. We're pushing 200 pounds. I hate to admit it. <laughs> At the time. It's COVID. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 15 years ago, it was COVID. Um, but we were there with our dear friend, Rose Marie from the Dick Van Dyke Show, who also was 200 pounds. Oh. At least. And they put us all on one pirate ship. Oh, my god! Which was stupid. Spot. It's a trolley up there. You know, yeah. you're hanging from a trolley. So we get up into the nursery and clunk. Oh. We busted the ride. But we have to blame the ride operator. Absolutely. They put us all three. That's two, four, six hundred pounds of Good human flesh Lord. in one little pirate ship. And, of course, Rosemary steps up to the occasion. She did 20 minutes there while they fixed it to the delight of the audience, you know, who realized it was her. Um, but then we rode through the rest of it with the lights on. Oh, and wow. Because that's how they, they got it to where they could manually push all of us that were stuck throughout the entire ride. And we wow. were at the very beginning. So we got that? to see everything with lights on. And... You wouldn't believe how much trash people drop down onto the streets of oh. London. And, and nowadays, the cell phones and yes, sunglasses. Yes, cell phones, paper cups, <laughs> props, you know, not props, um, uh, things they've won. Oh, oh, yeah. oh little yeah, prizes. Little prizes. Uh, prizes, that's what I meant to say. Now, that actually brings me to the idea behind Madame Leota and the whole spiritualism era mm -hmm. of the Victorian okay. um, times. Mark Wood and I actually are heavily active in our local historic society and he plays the pump organ beautifully <laughs> and he is the gentleman um, of the evening and hostess with the mostess at Iowa and has basically um, helped me kind of understand a lot of the reasons why certain antiques are placed within our uh, living museum here at the Chafee Garcia house and he really brings that extra layer in um, when we're doing tarot card readings for Sleepy Hollow, Tamantha. Right. And uh, really, the idea behind this um, wanting to communicate with the dead. Now, I've never been to Winchester Mansion. Tamantha has been to Winchester. And they have a seance room. Thank and you. though I will say our board members are pretty shy from going to that level, but we have talked about it. So give us a little bit of um, what you know about that Victorian era, specifically with, I know because the ectoplasm you brought up earlier was sometimes uh, a theatric parlor trick of uh, that time with the seances. I have and to say, I feel the ectoplasm was always a theatrical parlor trick. Um, I don't think any human beings ever truly produced ectoplasm why should they if that is part of something the ghost apparently is made up of why is it coming out of your nostril or your ear you know or whatever Mucus membrane. <laughs> right right you know i know that uh, some um spirits obviously can talk through people their conduit for um vocals and all that but to produce something physical that has to come out of you um that had to be manufactured by a spirit 
inside you in order to come out. I just, I can't buy into that one. Now, yeah. how did your friend get through to you? That Ronnie mentioned yes. something about your... So, oh. let me give a little backstory on, on okay. that. So, Mark Wood has written a beautiful book, Bewitched and Beyond, The Guest That Came, or The Fan That the Came, fan that came to, to Dinner. dinner. Right, which oh. title. And the um, I believe it's chapter 31. And you are... Um, have obviously very much grieved Casey over right. the years, and I'm, I've been very aware of it. There is a part of the book where you talk about you went and visited a psychic. Uh, uh, not exactly. Um, I was given the name of a psychic who, uh, of course, I'm in Southern California. This lady lived in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, huh. and it was all done over the phone. Which, oh. first of all, kind of surprised me. Oh, that is surprising. Um, I believe her name was Cheryl Booth. Yes, Cheryl Booth. And um, she's actually on Facebook. You can find her. Oh, um, It was amazing. She um, recorded it long distance. She knew nothing other than my first name, Mark. And the fact, which was a give, that um, she is... Because all she does was communicate with those that have gone on. So she knew why I was calling uh, there were a few moments that were quite magical. I didn't give anything else away because Casey is a public figure, albeit she's not a great, huge star. She's no, you know, Betty Davis, Judy Garland, type, or Elizabeth Montgomery, if you want oh, to. There you go. But, um, but still, she, you could find information out about her if you wanted to on the internet. So this woman knew nothing, which I have to reiterate. That's why it was such an amazing thing. The reading went on for a little while. Um, I don't remember a lot of the aspects until it started getting really kind of close to home. Um, finally, she did hit a couple of points. She goes, um, the lady that passed away, it was, it was a lady, first of all. I said, yes, I'm going to give it to her if, she, if she's come mm -hmm. up with it. Um, she was an older lady, but she was not a mom, but she could be a mom to you. She was a best friend, an aunt, a wife, a sister. Um, and yes, Casey was all of that to me, vice versa. It was an unconventional truth it was, story. It was. It really was. We couldn't make heads or tails of it. And we just had to go with it. But to put a label on it, we we experienced it. And to this day, I can't. We never could. Um, but she did. I finally, because I'm in tears, you know, with all this going on. It's still very raw. It's only been a month at that point. And um, I remember reading in the book specifically that she said, I, she's giving me letters. Right. They don't make sense to right. me, but right. they'll make sense to you. Um, at first, she... Um, she did. She said, said, I said, do you know who I'm speaking to about? And, um, and, um, I, Cheryl said, I'm, I, I'm getting letters, um, not a name. And if I say this, you'll make sense. So she said, I'm giving you a K and a C. Oh <laughs> and now Casey didn't go by KC, the letters. Her name was spelled K-A-S-E-Y, right. Casey. Um, still pretty, but that was pretty, pretty spectacular. Right, exactly, exactly. There's a lot of energy out here to talk I about. I agree. That's exactly what I had to say. You know, if Casey's spending everything she's got trying to get through, <laughs> this is all new to her. She's only been gone a month. So while I may be grieving, she's like trying to figure this crap out, you know. I, I would just take any fast track to talk to whoever I Exactly, because I got to get it out there because, yes. you know, who knows? Because maybe I'm doing it in secrecy. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everybody would. Yes. So there's got to be reasons, if you want to put scientific sides of this, there's got to be reasons this is not happening day and every day. Otherwise, every time we got a hangnail, we'll say, crap on this, I'm out of here. You know, right. because, and that's not what we're supposed to do. And I believe she goes as far as to say, Casey's going to give you a sign. Yes, she did. Um, I asked how, you know, Casey will try to give you a sign that she is okay in the next three days. All right. That was on a Sunday. 
I'm sorry. Yes, it was on a Sunday morning. I drove down to my mother's house, which was way out in Rancho Cucamonga at the time, which was 65 miles from where I was living. And um, I had dinner with my mom. On the way home, it was night. I stumbled down a couple of brick steps and broke my foot. Oh, my I did not know I had broken my foot at the time. Oh, I got gosh. in the truck, drove home, woke up the next morning, realized I have an issue, and I'm also up 36 steps. That's very painful. So you, it, you and Trent have something in common now. Oh, okay. <laughs> broken feet. There you go. Um, a dear friend of mine, Sue Ann, and her husband, Jack, came over, got me down the steps, got me an x-ray and all that, but I digress. The reason I'm saying this is my mom did come up to help take care of me because I couldn't get up and down the steps now easily. I'm in this boot the size of Rhode Island. And, um, <laughs> and so, um, and I kind of had forgotten all this. You know, I told mom some of it Sunday night what had happened. My mother is a total non-believer no matter what. It could, Santa Claus could come down the chimney in front of her, give her something and leave, and she would not believe it. That's my mother. The true skeptic. Right, exactly. She doesn't want to believe it. I don't know why. Anyway, I digress. Um, So we have a chair. So I'm there and we're in, we're in, um, oh, oh, Cheryl did say to me, she's going to try to make a Tiffany lamp. Uh, I have a Tiffany lamp in the house. And I said, well, no, I, I don't have a Tiffany lamp in the house. She goes, all right, my mistake. You have a stained glass lamp in your house. Yes, I've got several. She goes, there's one that sits next to the chair Casey always sat in. Yes, that's right. Now, keep in mind, this woman's in uh, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know her from Adam. And she's describing the room perfectly. And yes, there is. She's going to make that light flicker in the next couple, three days. All right. That was a Sunday night, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. My mother's up there staying. My mother's sitting in Casey's chair. We're watching television. I'm in my chair. They were matching chairs. And the light flickered a little. And I hadn't been thinking about it. And I went, whoa, okay, did you see that? And mom said, yes, she saw that. Um, flickered again, flickered again. Finally, the light was going on, off, on, off, on, off, blue. And I went through the breaker. It, yes, it was, that was actually, and I'm sure Casey on the other side is laughing hysterically. Oh. Look what I did, look what I did, oh my God, oh my God. You know. They're all interviews and frenzy. Exactly, and I was blown away. Was well, blown then away. I got in the mail the CD and played it and for my mom and all that. Mom, still didn't believe it. Doesn't matter. Even though I had a witness, totally unbelieving, I had a witness. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. And the story even goes a little bit further in the chapter where you go to a shopping mall. I think it was just before Christmas time and you're walking and you felt that yes. there was somebody. The, the shopping mall had just reopened. Casey was looking so forward that following Christmas, she died in July. Um, looking forward to that Christmas to the new, mo- they put a floor on it. It, it was up in Topanga, Canyon. Oh. And, there, yes, yeah. and um, and it was it was stunning what they did. She couldn't wait to see it. Well, of course, she didn't make it. The grand reopening was at Christmas. So I'm actually there with my friends, Sue Ann and Jack. Um, at that point, I'm living at their house because um, I had to give it the condo. It didn't belong to me. And um, so I'm living over there helping Sue Ann because her husband, Jack, had Alzheimer's. Oh. And uh, Sue Ann Langdon was also an actress, you know, known oh, for Elvis. Pre- Is that the Elvis infamous films? brown dress that I got to wear? She's also yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I yes, got yes. very fancy. And um, well, Casey was in it first. Oh, I've got pictures of Casey wearing it first. Video. I'm gonna um, have to get that collection. There you go. There you go. Um, and 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 I was went and walked off for a little bit. I was I was a little. It's Christmas time. I'm in the mall, thinking. Of course, you know, it's still totally raw, and. Always, Casey would always take my right arm and I would always go up to here whenever walking. It just was a natural. Suddenly I felt that, put my arm up and then realized what I had just done and it was gone that wow. fast. Oh my God. That was mind boggling because I felt she that one. Was- to the mall 
She went to the mall with me at Christmas. Oh my gosh. And it's so sweet. I had some beautiful. And they've all faded now. They're gone. She's off doing whatever it is we're supposed to do next. I firmly believe there's something. So do I. I don't think we sit on clouds with harps and wings, but you know, how boring after five minutes. You know, after, well, these are cool. You know, and then that's an end of it. But we obviously go on to something. Yes. You know, there's a reason. One thing, I'm going to digress a moment here. One thing scientists and science has proven. There is a reason for everything that happens on this earth. Do we know all those reasons yet? No, of course not. We probably never will as a race. We'll probably annihilate ourselves before it ever happens. However, we have learned more and more and more through the years. Don't you think ghosts and anything supernatural ultimately is going to have some sort of scientific reason that says what and it is? Which means we go on to do whatever's next. We're learning here something. We're here yeah, for a reason. It's about the different energies. Right. And that's why you'll have a haunted jail cell. And you're just rehearing the energy replaying with the jail cells opening right. and closing I, and clanking. Exactly. You know. And I think there's different types of hauntings. Some mm-hmm. are just a loop of perhaps like um, Catherine Howard, the uh, fifth wife of Henry VIII, who was also beheaded of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, when she found out this was to be her fate, she broke free of her guards and ran screaming down the hallway at Hampton Court to go and beg for her life from Henry. The guards caught her before she got there. I don't think Henry ever realized this happened. But people have said they have seen this scene over and over again. I believe that is born out of fear, tragic, imprinted. Mm -hmm. I don't really think Catherine Howard's there doing it. I think it's something that just got run on a piece of film of life. I always think of that interstellar. And when you go back to even the Winchester house and um, Sarah Winchester... that fourth dimension she's always talking about, mm-hmm. right? And I, that's when I think those levels of energy it's replay residual itself. energy. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the residual energy. Yeah. But let's, let's get back. You were to bring up witches at first. Let's mm-hmm. digress into witches a minute. Um, something I was thinking of here I thought I would bring up. Why do we picture witches to look as they do? As old hags and grotesque. Right, and, with noses. Yeah. You, do you, I did a yeah, lot of research. Casey and I were working on another book together. I have never finished it. And it was going to be called Witch and Famous. Oh, I love it. About all everything from, from animated to the Wicked Witch of the West. To Samantha. To Joan of Arc. Not burned as a witch, as people think. She was burned for heresy. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And basically she was burned because she was wearing men's clothing. That was one of the biggest reasons against her. Because she would wear armor and men's clothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, first of all, the old hag witch, the nose meeting the chin, no teeth. Believe it or not, that is a racial slur against the ethnicities of other religions. I hate to say I can, Jewish. I a lot of times people, people of a, a Jewish faith have a certain look as they age, and it started out as a Christian uh, slur towards wow, people that. of that religion. First of all, I don't know why we're so angry at our at our stepbrothers who believed the same thing we did up to a point, and then we went this way. Why well, say we Christians? Mm-hmm. And we're so angry at them for not joining the crowd to this day. Is that not it's weird? Me. But that was one of the reasons. <laughs> and then, of course, then of course, um, it, it it takes off so much in the 1600s witchcraft witches that they're the hat the famous hat the infamous hat has become a bit of the wizard's cone meeting the pilgrims right you know of the era puritan style came from there you do realize there was never 
a green-complected witch until 1939. Ah. Margaret Hamilton is the first, <laughs> and for some reason she made such, well, obviously for some reason we know why, she made such an impact. The woman is only on screen for seven minutes. Yet it sits with all of us. Seven minutes. That's like a, another famous wow. warlock, Uncle Arthur. He did nine episodes as Uncle Arthur in eight years. Nine. He will always be Uncle, Uncle Arthur. Arthur. Paul Lind. Or the center square. But mostly people think of Uncle Arthur. Um, but getting back to that, there's and now every Halloween witch has to be green. Mm-hmm. That's how much that movie, that woman, made an impact, made an impact. on us. Yeah, she, she right. is amazing. Look at any Victorian leading up through the teens uh, witch. And they're old women with long scraggly white hair. Yeah. Which also she did not have. Um, they finally... For two reasons. They pulled her hair back, finally. The first few, she's got like a page boy. Looks ridiculous. It's like Marlo Thomas in green paint. Uh, sorry, Marlo, you're much prettier if you ever hear this. Um, but then they feel like, you know, if they pulled it back, it would look much more severe. Plus, she was having a hard time balancing the hat brim. Oh, so that would help. And it balanced. They could also pin to that yeah, bun, yeah. and it helped keep the hat on. She could not keep the hat on with the wind machines. Right, and it was such a fabulous right. scene. And then with that coming off the back, like then that, that funeral thing hanging down off the back of it, which is basically funeral. Um, also, prior to that, a witch never wore all black. You'll see witches with red hats on in old Victorian postcards and, and drawings. You'll see them sometimes with no pointed hat. The original That's Wicked Witch of the West in the book has three braids sticking out of her head. I've never um, read the book. I, I hate to bring up the phrase... You're going to love this in particular, but for some reason it was done in the Piccaninny style. Wow. Because, and, and with the braids yeah. sticking out of the head, which was a famous look for a person of color in vaudeville in 1900 to have. Why Dinslow opted for that look as opposed to, she does have a pointed hat on one, in one picture where it's very tall with demonic symbols on it, but mostly it's that, those three braids. Hmm. Oh my and, gosh. They, that was chosen for some reason. Although the witch is not a woman of color in the book, right. neither green nor black. She's not a woman of color in the book, but he did choose that. He just picked up on that culture. On that cu- culture trait mm-hmm. just right there. Again, slurring a culture because this particular witch does look fantasy fairy tale with that addition as opposed to a religious slur. So if it was a conscious thought, I have no idea. You know? Interesting. And then you get to fast forward and we whitewash it, if you will, to beautiful we, Elizabeth Montgomery, who's gorgeous. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, but that had been started in the, in the um, earlier movies of I Married a Witch, Bell Book and yeah. Candle. What if the witch is, well, a witch has also been a siren. Out of Greek mythology, right. the sirens are gorgeous, gorgeous. but they, uh, um, um, Circe who turned men into pigs. She was beautiful and very alluring. So the 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 witchcraft that a woman holds over a man, yes. you know, from her physical standpoint. Which now I wonder if that's why the character Cersei in GOT. GOT, yeah, that that's probably why they named her. We need we are huge match. Game of Thrones fans. Okay, I thought for a split second you were going to talk about Glinda. The Good Witch, because I believe somebody dressed up as Glinda. That would be me. And there is a picture of you. There is a picture of me. You are the tallest Glinda I ever saw. Casey um, um, went in blackface, but not really because she was doing Michael Jackson. (laughs) The later Michael Jackson. Um, We had to go to a Hollywood-themed birthday party one time, cross-dressed. 
as our favorite star. Well, I had the Glinda oh, okay. costume. I already had the Glinda it costume. It is a fantastic picture. Isn't that fun? I know. It really and and K- Casey did Michael Jackson. Chief looked just like the man. Um, I, of course, didn't look just did like... Did you make your costume? I did. I did. There is, there is over 150 yards of pink net in that dress in order to make me and look sufficiently crown. Billy Burke. And the crown? And I'm probably about seven and a half feet tall once yeah. you got the crown on. How it was amazing. amazing to make it. You know, that's uh, hard to say. I made it first in 1989 for the 50th anniversary, and I went and won all sorts of prizes at bars. <laughs> I love it. And um, um, back in Atlanta, Georgia, the only person to beat me out was someone came dressed as the big chicken. If you are fam- if you know anything about Atlanta, Georgia, then you will understand that line. <laughs> I won't bother to digress. Um, but the big chicken beat out my Glinda. Oh, um, my gosh. Say it isn't so. It's true. So many years later, late... 90s it could have been 2000 i don't remember when it was actually but we were invited to this party which actually was in um fort lauderdale florida so we flew back wow. a very wealthy friend of ours flew 200 of his closest friends for his 50th birthday party um oh funny story uh there was a famous female impersonator named jim bailey who was most famous for doing judy garland and barbara streisand although he did a lot okay. of others but the difference with him he did not lip sync he sang it was a man he sang live you cannot tell the difference look up jim bailey wow, wow. Man, I, I know. Right now, right now. yes i'm not kidding you cannot you close your eyes and listen to him you have garland you also have streisand how he hits those notes that's as a man you know in his at this point he's probably in his 50s Anyway, he was the entertainment that night. This this friend of ours floated a barge up to their backyard. Oh, and the entertainment was on there. And, of course, we're all dressed there. Jim Bailey, so funny, comes out as Judy Garland. He's scanning the crowd, and everybody's dressed, you know. There was a guy dressed as Jeannie. Um, I can't remember who all. Um, I think Steve and Thomas were dressed as um, um, Baby Jane and oh, the sister. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> can't remember what Joan Crawford's Ooh, name was. Blanche. We love right. that. That's one of our um, most favorite horror films. Sister horror film. There you go. So Somebody Jim Bailey sees old. me in the audience and he goes, oh, look, it's Billy Burke. My dear, you haven't changed. Not even your dress. <laughs> I'll never forget. That was so great. Okay. Because I know you have actually been to... Sleepy Hollow, New York. I have. All about the Hudson. That's so cool. And I, if you I guys have not uh, researched Lindhurst, am I pronouncing Lindhurst. it right? Lindhurst mm-hmm. Mansion. It kind of looked like a castle to me, to be it's quite honest. Of, and I'm so America's impressed castles. that you've been invited to decorate this because I, I rely on Mark quite a bit for the decorating here at the Historic Homes in Etiwanda, California. So please tell us a little bit about that and how also you've overlapped that energy and help bring this house to life when we do our Sleepy Hollow fundraiser. Which we're going to miss this year. Yes. yes, unfortunately due to COVID because our small production, about seven scenes, happens inside the Chafee Garcia house. Mark plays the pump organ. Our cousin, Tamantha and I's cousin, comes out from Los Angeles. He plays Tony. Ichabod. Hi, and cousin Tony. family comes and does Yes, they're so yeah. supportive. Yeah, uh, Mark Wood and uh, Ichabod, Tony, uh, got even our husbands to be involved this last year. It really is a brilliant limited tickets available to actually see the production in the different rooms of the house. Very small venue and hence why we can't do it 
because of COVID, the social distancing just would not happen to be able to view the actual production inside the house. So tell me a little bit about Sleepy Hollow in the way that you've actually been there. Mm-hmm. And for us, because we are, you know, there is some age difference between us. So sometimes I hardly I'm notice it. I'm much younger. <laughs> yes. So, yes, much younger. Much younger. <laughs> Where Sleepy Hollow was this, for us, the staple in our childhood from the Disney film. Yeah. And then in 1999, Tim Burton brings it back with a more, more goth Love undertone. Burton. And we loved it. I actually enjoy I'm so shocked when I read people who say they didn't understand it. They didn't get it. They couldn't get with Johnny Depp's character. And you know, they're, they're being too logical. Okay, so in Paxton is very much this person. I say, look, you're, you're trying to put logic and Hollywood in the same sentence. Stop uh. there. Forget about it. Forget about it. So you often told me that I need to go to Sleepy Hollow, yes, the actual um, place. So Mark's opening his fruit snack. Oh man, I'm dry. I'm dry. <laughs> it's a hundred degrees here in Southern California, going on ho- Halloween in October, in October uh, and I just am done. Yes. But I won't go there because um, I do. Uh, all my friends bear with me when I start to complain. Hey, I love your little vintage thermometer reads. Oh my, and that's really mercury showing you 110 oh on my front gosh, porch. Gosh, it's I not one of those, pla- I used to have the plastic ones, they melted. Oh. Like the Wicked Witch. So. <laughs> I am. Um, okay, Lindhurst, um, I, I, a friend of mine used to live on the Lindhurst property. That's how I helped out sometimes okay. with the decorating. It was not my gig, so I'm not that big on, on all that. But Lindhurst, um, fans of Dark Shadows will know Lindhurst oh. because while a place called Seaview was the original house, it was not available to use in the two films that they did for Dark Shadows, not the Johnny Depp one, the two, the two original, the original films. I like that. Now, in that way, I do prefer the originals. Oh, I yeah. I, I, like I didn't care for Johnny Depp's. I'm sorry, Johnny, that one. We love you, though, Johnny. If you yes, ever want to come hang with us, we're totally available. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, because they kind of made fun of it a little bit. And, yeah. and Barnabas was too, his Barnabas was too out there, too obvious. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work for the storyline for me. Forget that. Anyway, Lindhurst was used because it was available. And they also needed a house for the film that they could walk in and out of. And so the whole property sits right on the Hudson River. It's one of America's castles um, built by, well, actually, I should say expanded by Jay Gould, the um, robber baron of the Victorian age, one of the many ones. Um, it had originally built, been built, I believe, around 1830. It's like a little summer home. And then it was... Little summer home. Well, well, no, it was. It was a little stone little summer home. Stand. And he... Turned it into, you know, something the size of Rhode Island. Something very grand. And, um, but it sits in Terrytown, which is what Sleepy Hollow sits in. Sleepy Hollow is really cool. Um, if you go there, all the things you want to see are there. But you've got to go back to Washington Irving's story. Johnny Depp's movie strays quite far from that. Sure, from the um, teacher to now the right, investigator. Right, it, and... yeah, it, it strays. Um, the Disney film, of course, is much closer to the, uh, Washington Irving's original writings. But, um, and Irving's home, Sunnyside, is right there too, which is one of the most gorgeous places to go to. The feel of that place is unbelievable. And it's a museum to him today. Oh, wow. And it's left pretty much as he left it. And he died on the eve of the Civil War. Oh, wow. Um, but, um, and he was one of, and, and in fact, um, also, Washington Irving is the first one a lot of people always contribute or attribute this to um, Clement Moore, but um, Washington Irving gave us the first vision of Santa Claus that we know today in his stories. Wow! Um, and his, I believe it's in the Knickerbocker Tales. I think. Oh, we're gonna have to. Don't quote me on that, that, but it could yeah. be. Um, anyway, Sleepy Hollow. The bridge is there. 
Although the current bridge is not in the location of the original, but you can follow signs. You can find signs. Yes, they had to build because the original bridge actually went through the cemetery. So the truth is the Horseman's Cemetery had the bridge going through it. You had to get across the bridge and you were safe. Well, it was more of a footbridge and maybe a horse could go across it in its day. And you can follow signs to where it once stood. There is not a bridge there at the moment, but you can see where it once was. Uh, Washington Irving himself is buried in this cemetery. You can go visit him. And, um, but the bridge is now out more into the, it's actually on Broadway, the Broadway. (laughs) The Broadway is a very long street. In New York City, we know what it looks like, but when you get out of the city, it becomes this little country, sometimes four lane road, but sometimes down to a couple lanes, windy little road through Sleepy Hollow. And, um, how fantastic. But the old Dutch church is there. You can go in it. It was last remodeled in the 1860s, I believe. So the windows are now Gothic, oh, but they wow. weren't originally. But you can go in there. And I have played the pump organ in there, oh which gosh. was a lot of fun. I sat I love in there. It. And, played... and of course, they still have these grandiose visions of the Hudson River. And... It's amazing. And to, see, and to see Lindhurst sitting there. But you can see, you can get up in high hills in the cemetery because it's a huge cemetery. Um, I think Leona Helmsley is there too. Huh. I think. Just, just out of curiosity. How, when and how or why did you learn to play the pump organ? I grew up with lessons on a regular organ, electric organ. Um, And um, then I realized when I would try to play the piano, I couldn't very well. Because if you push down on an electric organ, it's going to play until you take your hands up. If you push down on a piano, it stops. So you just keep going. And I didn't know how to do this. Still don't. I don't. Okay. I fake it. No, I would have never known that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Visuals. I never guess that. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I sat down at the pump organ, I don't know, at some point in my like youth. Like you just had one in your house? No, not in my house, oh, but okay. I just, I, I sat down at some before in museums and realized I knew what to do. Okay. And, um, and of course, as long as you pump, it will play forever, just okay. like an electric Well, pump. and it's a funny story here because the that board... That taking a beating. I know. The board members here is like, the pump, the, first of all, they didn't realize it's a pump organ. They just kept saying the organ. Say, oh, no, they don't work. They don't work. And well, I think they didn't realize they're supposed to pump it. And here comes Mark and him and I are, uh, we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, he's like, does this thing work? And I said, I don't know. I was told it didn't work. And he, he sits down and you just went for it. And it was like the most beautiful oh, sound okay. ever for me. I was, just, you blew my mind. Honestly, you blew my mind. A pump organ, I like, a, like a piano is one of those antiques that if you don't touch it, it will break. Yeah. The light, the, the bellows are usually the lining of an animal's stomach, like a goat or a pig or something like that, tanned like leather. And, of course, what happens to leather that sits there for 150 years? Cracks, disintegrates, falls apart. But if you keep expanding it and keep using it, it's going to stay supple. So the more you play it, the better off that instrument will be. Guys, so... surprising that it actually worked then. Well, yeah, it's probably not been touched since 1920. Right, 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 right. So, Victorian era, we've talked about Bewitched. Now, the books that you have, are they still available? Can people purchase these? You can find them on eBay and you can find them on Amazon. They're not they're out of they're out of print, but they're out there. there. There's some. The Bewitched cookbook. I've seen that go for 250 bucks. Of course it was signed by Excuse me, I missed the Bewitched cookbook. My yes. Yes, I the Bewitched cookbook. You do need it. We need to do some recipes. We need to do some recipes. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
Mark, you're such a brilliant person and I feel Bless so you. blessed to have had you, you know, by my side. You always give me peace of mind. I know everything you help me decorate is going to be epic. And then the level of entertainment you bring to Sleepy Hollow, the fundraiser, it. I just enjoy it so much. He's and a it, character indeed that we all <laughs> adore. If you guys want to see what Mr. Mark Willoughby Wood looks like, find him on Facebook. Yes, I'm the only one named that. Yeah, I think so. I think I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. There's more Tamanthas, so that's... That's a really... Google my name or really? Google on Facebook. Really? Me. I wonder if it's for the same reason. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do a little um, cheersy. Today's yes. cocktail is going to be um, Sleepy Hollow. Yes, it's going to be a headless horseman, I believe. I'm not looking at my recipe book right now. Oh, wait a minute. I have to go on. I have to go on record saying is the, the Sleepy Hollow that I'm the biggest fan of. I have to say is okay. Tom Meissens. Okay. He is. Unbelievably brilliant in that role, as is Nicole Bahari, who sadly left the series before it ended, which ended it. And um, I love how you said that. I which know. Ended it. And I gotta say, I have only watched two television shows religiously since Wonder Woman. Oh my god! That's how old I am. Uh, once upon a once time. Once upon a time. Speaking of witches. Right. Uh, once upon a time, and that Sleepy Hollow. Um, and he's just so cute. He is. He's a handsome but, man. But he he is handsome. But he's also he he plays it so brilliantly. Brilliantly. I mean, he's a fish out of water. If you haven't seen it, he comes back to life in our time to and fight the horseman. I will say, you actually purchased one of the seasons, which I was shocked. You actually spent money on. I, well, my I have, I have a dear friend who gave me the first two seasons, and I thought this is really good. So I went and bought the last two. Good for in you. fact, I just bought the fourth season. Don't bother with the fourth season. Okay, that's why I lost interest. We Big time. Are we well, talking about the one that was on Fox? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, sorry, but, uh, it was a long day yesterday, so I'm just like now putting together that Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Which Paxton and I looked forward to that show so much, but you're right. We, we kind well, of lost interest in it. I have never seen a show start out so brilliantly. Love you, Tom, but so brilliantly and go downhill so quickly. Yeah. It did. This is a Sleepy Hollow spoiler warning. You have been warned. They should never have killed off Katrina as they did. If they needed to get rid of her, I understand you've got a triangle going on. It can only last so long. Right. And Nicole Bahari's character is the second lead. Um, so if you needed to get rid of Katrina, you can't turn this woman that has spent 250 years trying to get back to her husband, who saved his life for a big reason, and turn her evil right away. Yeah. For the love of a son she never knew who also has been trying to kill her. You know, who's a grumpy, angry old man at this point. It, it, it so did work. not work. It, it so work. did Sounds not work. Sounds like a soap opera. <laughs> it's a Sleepy Hollow novella. <laughs> yes. It, it is. It is. All right. Oh, gosh. All right, cocktails. Sorry, ladies. Yes. Oh, no, that's okay. Let's cause, drink. Because we actually don't have the cocktail yet. So, um, so I'm going to, we're going to make the Headless Horseman. And again... You know, we're just, vodka is just such an easy mixer, right? So this is a little vodka, bitters. Now, how many people know about bitters, yes, right? Yes. yes. And it's actually good for your stomach, we'll right? It will settle and upset yeah. stomach faster than yes. abysmal. Yes, ma'am. And then, Come now, on. in my house, the soda that we are known to drink is ginger ale. So this is also has a soda, and we're going to make this a little bit, um, and it'll be a nice little cheersy, fun, and I have a little... Blackberry surprise. Oh, fantastic. So make sure you watch our mm -hmm. IGTV at Frolic Inc. And you'll be able to actually see what the cocktail turns yes. out to be. Mm -hmm. But oh. cheers.
Cheers! cheers. Virtual cheers. We well, love you we so did, much. We did take photos with a pretend drink. So yes, we, we did. We do have pictures to fit. We did that, but we are in a historic home, so we didn't want to make the cocktail in here. You That's know, right. out of Absolutely. Respect. All right. I love you, Mark. I love you more. I can prove it. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> love all the way around. And um, a very happy Halloween to very everybody. Happy. Yes. We're in October, and if you haven't watched any of the Sleepy Hollows that we talked about, or Bewitched, or check out the Houdini special on spiritualism, Definitely. anything. Just, uh, okay, I didn't like the Winchester House, uh, the Winchester okay watch. movie. Just I didn't watch it for fun. For fun. For fun. Yeah, not historical value. I can't say anything bad against it, but no, no historical value. No historical other than, value. Other than what they recreated is gorgeous. Yes, but they did film at the house. Somewhere. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. <laughs> so, okay. We'll do Winchester on another episode, we have right? To. Okay. We have to. All right. Bye bye. Hot damn. That we're done. <laughs> so long and farewell. So long and farewell. Ladies and gents. <laughs> Be sure to tune in next week as we travel back in time to the Ship of Dreams, the Titanic, through the eyes of the RMS Queen Mary, located in Long Beach, California. We share the history of the Grey Ghost, our experience with Aidan Sinclair, the invite to ghost hunt with him and his fiance, the hotel's real haunted rooms, and our favorite place to have a drink on board this Art Deco Jewel. Until then, so long and farewell, ladies and gents.